From the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line with today's host, Father Wade Menezes. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985. You can also text the letters EWTN to 55000 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. A tremendous Tuesday to each and every one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN's Open Line. Father Wade Menezes is in the house. If you'd like to be part of the program, the number is 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-EWTN. Three nine eight six. If you're outside the United States and Canada, your number is one two zero five two seven one two nine eight five, and we'll even put you straight to the front of the line at one two zero five two seven one two nine eight five. You can always send us an email: open line at ewtn.com. Or you can text your question. Text the letters EWTN to 55000. Wait for a response. Text your first name and your question message, and data rates may apply. I'm Jack Williams, Michael McCall, producing the program. Your call screener is Matt Gubensky and Jeff Burson, handling our social media efforts. So if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook Live, you can type a question into the chat window, and it may find its way to us by the end of the program. And our host, as he is every Tuesday... Now, do I have to? Do, were you elected supreme overlord of the Fathers of Mercy, or anything else that would require me to genuflect in your presence? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Not at all. Yeah, we were. We <laughs> and had a, by choice, I might. Add. We had a we had a, a mailbag show last week because the Fathers of Mercy were having a a much ballyhooed and once postponed uh, general election there at the General at House and. You came out unscathed, so to speak. I came out unscathed. That's a good way to put it <laughs> when you're when you're not elected. <laughs> but uh, uh, it went very, very well. We have our general chapter once every six years, and uh, Father David Wilton, our Superior General, is reelected, and uh, a couple of new council members, a couple of remaining council members. Uh, our Treasurer General remains the same, and and a new Secretary General. So a, a, a nice mix up, but also a nice retaining. So uh, God has blessed us tremendously, and we covered some wonderful material at our general chapter, and. Uh, uh, God bless all the guys who were able to make it home for it. And uh, and we're very blessed this week here at uh, EWTN to have Father Joseph Itona with us. Yes, that's uh, right. I, I thank him publicly for filling in for me there this, this week. Usually I'm down there the first week of January. I had a, a, um, a retreat at Immaculate Heart Retreat Center in the Archdiocese of Seattle scheduled to give this weekend, uh, but it was canceled because of COVID, COVID restrictions, and Father Joseph and I had made up that schedule here a while back, and so we just kept it the same, and it uh, gives me a, a few weeks off here at the house to work on a third book that I'm working on, so I'm very thankful f- to have time to work on that manuscript. All right, now that you've got a little time on your hands, let's talk about your conversion here. Yeah, that's right. I want to call all reverts and converts today who are listening live to Open Line Tuesday and ask them to call in and give a short spiel, if you will, about their reversion or their conversion, because that's our springboard topic today, is Catholic reverts and Catholic converts. And so some simplified definitions, first of all, Jack, Catholic reverts or people who've come back actively into the Church, practicing their Catholic faith of baptism fervently after a lapse of any length of time, but usually after 
after a longer lapse. Huh? Uh, they begin to once again practice the sacraments, namely the sacraments of Holy Eucharist and Reconciliation, Holy Confession. If a revert has never received the sacrament of confirmation before, they will strive to receive it, thus becoming fully initiated into the church, as they've most likely already received the sacraments of baptism and Holy Eucharist sometime in their past. And Catholic converts, what do we mean by that? Well, converts are people who've had no affiliation with the church before, that is, non-Catholics, whether Christian non-Catholics or non-Christians at all, uh, but who enter into full communion with the Catholic Church church by way of receiving the three sacraments of initiation, that is, the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and Holy Eucharist. And if one is a Protestant convert to the Catholic faith, their baptism in the Protestant church may well be considered valid in the Catholic church if it can be ascertained that the traditional Trinitarian formula was indeed used in their prior Protestant church. A side note here, Jack, is that cradle Catholics, or people who have been Catholic since birth, have received their sacraments and who continue to practice their faith, hopefully with great fervor, right? Amen to that. And a special note here, and I close with this before pitching the ball to you, Jack, because I know you're a convert to the faith. A special note here, uh, there are some things that reverts and converts both share. A Catholic revert or a convert is one who, with the help of divine grace, undergoes a significant spiritual change in their life for the better. The change is deeply interior and represents a change of mind and heart and qualifies as a true conversion, what is referred to as metanoia. In general terms, a conversion is any turning or changing from a state of sin to repentance, that is, from a lax to a fervent way of life, we could say, or say from unbelief to faith, or from a non-Christian religion to Christianity and the fullness of truth in the Catholic Church. The English word conversion, quote, end quote, derives from the Latin word conversio, which means a turning or an overturning or a turning around, a turning point, in other words. Simply put, an authentic change. Now, why do I make this the springboard topic today, uh, on the, the beginning of, of, of this new secular year? Well, because we've just gone through Advent and Christmas and Christmastide, ending with the baptism of the Lord, and now we are in ordinary time, the first of two ordinary times during the secular year. And so it's a great time having begun the new liturgical year back on the first Sunday of Advent, and going through the four weeks of Advent, four and a half weeks of Advent, uh, Christmas, and then Christmas tide, and then the baptism of the Lord, it's a great time to hear the stories of converts and reverts. So again, before I, I have you tell your little story there, Jack, about your conversion into the fullness of truth in the Catholic faith, I want to invite all Open Line Tuesday listeners today who would like to share their story of either reversion or conversion, and I just again gave those definitions of a revert and a convert, call and give us a couple minutes about your, your, your conversion or a reversion back to the faith. So you realize this is normally a 50-minute talk. Yes, I do know that because I heard you give it one time. <laughs> so uh, so we'll we'll give it, yeah, we'll 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 go big time readers digest here. This is the the postcard version uh, of the of the uh, the conversion. But uh, I grew up in um, in a Methodist home technically. My parents were both Methodists, but we really didn't until I was in high school, we really didn't go to church as a family. But two things. Thing number one was that my mother and father had me baptized as an infant. And as I look back during my life, you know, I think that there are certain things that can only be attributed to the indelible mark that was left on my soul 
because of the reception of the sacrament. So I'm eternally grateful for, for that fact because I think it saved me. While, while it didn't save me all uh, hardship, I think it saved me a certain amount of hardship that maybe I otherwise would have uh, faced. And my mom always made sure that I went to church with somebody in the neighborhood. So I was, you know, always in some kind of a Bible study, usually a Baptist church or something. Whoever, quite frankly, had the best youth group going at the time would be the, sure. the place to where I would gravitate uh, most of the time. But I went along. I never questioned. You know, there was never any doubt in my mind that God existed and that he, that he, that he loved me. And I, I had a very, I think, healthy uh, view of our Lord, but, you know, really never, you know, really went gung-ho, so to speak, with, with my faith. Um, until uh, when I was in high school, there was a, a good friend of mine, Greg Fishman, who uh, invited me to a, ca- a charismatic evangelical campus ministry meeting on the campus of Michigan State University. And, you know, we were 18 years old. And if anybody has ever been to a charismatic campus evangelical meeting on a college campus, there's all kinds of wild stuff that goes on there. There's dancing, there's speaking in tongues, there's prophesying, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And Greg knew that I would see that when I went there. You know, and this mm-hmm. is not something that was ever part of our relationship. So again, hats off to him for 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 doing that very thing. So I became involved with this group, um, traveled halfway around the world, went to Australia uh, as part of a missionary team with this group, only had enough money to get there. My mother loved that. And uh, uh, did all sorts of things. Well, this this charismatic campus evangelical group eventually kind of got a little bit off the rails, even by charismatic evangelical campus ministry standards. Mm. And so uh, I kind of left just ahead of the entire group disbanding and certainly had every intention of getting involved with a similar group, um, but the longer that happens, the less likely it is to to take place. And I kind of drifted into sort of a neo-paganism and just, you know, working in downtown St. Louis, making more money than I should have as a young person. And uh, then that's where I met my late wife, Susie. Uh, God bless her, who is a Catholic girl. And, um, you know, in, in the interest of time, uh, her uh, prompting in the face of my obstinance, eventually wore me down and led me uh, as our oldest child was getting ready for his first communion to uh, enter the Catholic Church as well, and I have zero regrets about it. Amen. Amen. That's great. That's great, Jack. Let's uh, have more callers call in and give us the reversion or conversion story here on Open Line Tuesday. 833-288-EWTN. It is Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you have a question, call 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985. Or send us an email to openline at EWTN.com. EWTN's Religious Catalog is your online destination for gifts and holy reminders. Buy Catholic Shop EWTNRC.com today. 
and receive regular emails from EWTN's religious catalog by visiting EWTN.com and click on subscribe. Phone lines are wide open for you at 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. We want to hear your conversion and reversion stories here on today's Open Line Tuesday. First up today is Michael in Cleveland, Ohio, listening at EWTN.com. Michael, you are on with Father Wade. Oh, hi, hi Father Wade. Hello, Father Michael. Wade. Thank you for your call today. Good. Um, yeah, so, um, I, yeah, I have a, a question about... Okay, so I have a sister who has been Baptist, even though she was raised Catholic. Her first wedding, um, a long time ago, uh, my dad consulted a priest, and we, the whole family ended up going. I was a young man at that point. I, um, oh, another wedding is going to be coming down the pike, and um, she's dating a Baptist guy. And I'm wondering, how can I love my sister and avoid scandal? Should I go to the wedding or should I not? And okay, great. I'm real, I just want to do the right thing. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, you never ever want to amputate your relationship with your sister. Your your goal is quite the opposite. You always want to lead your sister into the fullness of truth, huh? You broke up a little bit when you talked about her first wedding. Was her first wedding in the Catholic Church? Simple yes or no? No. Okay, so that first marriage was never valid uh, in the Catholic Church, never sacramental, uh, but, it, but it was a civil union, and I presume she has a civil divorce in place. The fact remains, however, that your sister is a baptized Catholic, uh, probably from infancy. Is that correct? She is technically a baptized Catholic. Is that right? Okay, okay. yeah, Father, can I just comment? It was the fact pattern here. My sister, her first husband died. Okay. So she followed through with that marriage, oh, okay, even great. though it was in a Baptist church. Okay, okay, great, wonderful. Okay, so, so she's technically free of the bond through your brother-in-law's death, although that same marriage to him was never sacramental to begin with because there wasn't proper canonical form, and you didn't say anything about a dispensation she got at that time for that first marriage uh, with, with your civil brother-in-law, so I, I presume there was no dispensation, so I'm presuming that uh, canonical form was absent, so that marriage was never uh, sacramental in the Catholic Church. He, he passed away, and so she's free civilly of that bond, and uh, she's free of the bond also sacramentally by virtue of, of the marriage never having been valid, plus also because he's passed away. So now she's contracting what will be a, a second marriage that will be recognized civilly, but again, not sacramentally. So uh, I, I'm, again, I'm presuming she's a baptized Catholic, the way you're asking the question, either from infancy, so-called cradle Catholic, as I mentioned in my springboard topic, along with reverts and converts. Is, is that correct? Your sister is a baptized Catholic, technically speaking? Yes, Father. Okay. And so she is held to canonical form, and so I would begin the conversation there and say, you know, sister, you may not know this, but as a baptized Catholic, for your marriage to be valid in the Church's eyes, even though you don't practice the faith, uh, you need proper canonical form. 
and uh, and talk to her about why she's left the faith. Maybe there's some particulars there. Maybe she had a bad experience one time. I don't know in the confessional, let's say, or or maybe she had a, a, a some type of of, uh, uh, of a conversion towards the Baptist faith where she felt the the Catholic Church was lacking in a certain area. So begin that dialogue, and then in in the course of that dialogue, you want to share with her that um, that you want to share with her that that re, uh, canonical form will be lacking that day that she marries in the baptist church now i want to talk about briefly about her her second uh husband who's about to become her second husband uh, is he a, a a fallen away catholic by chance no he's okay, been he's, a baptist he, all his life he's been a baptist all his life okay so the the fact is is that she's a Catholic. Canonical form will be missing that day. Has he ever been married? Has he ever been married in the Baptist Church before? Or will your sister be his he, first civil spouse? He, he's free to marry because his his former wife died. Okay, so they're both technically free of the bond. So the good news is here is that if she ever decides to come back to the church, she could have her marriage blessed in the church because both of them are free of the bond. That's the other thing you want to share with her, because even though there isn't um, any uh, sacramentality that day that they contract the marriage in the Baptist church, um, uh, the fact remains that, that there's nothing barring them from getting their marriage blessed in the church since they're both free of the bond by virtue of their widowhood. So that's something you want to explain to her as well, and then try to witness to the Catholic faith to her. As far as going to the wedding, although there's hope there to having it one day uh, sacramentalized, uh, and bl- that is blessed in the Church, um, some would say you could go. I'm of the school that says uh, you shouldn't go because of the fact remains that she is a baptized Catholic, albeit fallen away. And so you want to not just not go, you want to not go and explain why that's the case. You want to give witness to the Catholic faith based on her baptism. You are giving witness to your one holy Catholic and apostolic faith based on your sister's baptism. Why? Because we're all members of the mystical body of Christ. If one suffers, we all suffer. If one exalts, we all exult, okay? And it's not a true exaltation when a Catholic marries outside of the Church without proper dispensation and without proper canonical form. And so I would graciously withhold your attendance at the wedding, um, and and not go, uh, but don't just do that, because that comes off very harsh and very crass on your part. You want to be able to witness at the same time and keep the dialogue open as to why you're not doing it. I also want to direct you to a great article at simplycatholic.com, simplycatholic.com. It's titled, uh, the, the article is titled, May I Attend the Wedding? Guidelines for Catholic Guests. Again, simplycatholic.com, may I attend the wedding, guidelines for Catholic guests. And it's a great article that gives the different scenarios, uh, and, and it'll help you out tremendously. So thank you so much, Michael, for a great call. God bless you. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. Andrea is in Lorraine, Ohio, listening on the Amazon Echo. Andrea, you're on with... Father Wade Menezes. I thank you for taking my call. I'm a first-time caller. <laughs> oh, thank you, uh, Andrew, for your call today from Ohio. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, Father Wade. Uh, I have a story about a, a revert and a convert, my husband being the revert and myself being the convert. Oh, great. And, <laughs> yeah, we're ready to celebrate our 50th wedding anniversary this oh, month. Oh, praise God. Congratulations. 
Thank you. And um, But when we were 55, we retired from teaching, and we took a trip to Italy where we landed at the church where St. Francis of Assisi was, and we went down to the very, very basement of that church, and it was... Mm. It was a, just, it's an experience that you can't put into words. It was so awesome. But my husband looked over at me, and neither, neither one of us were practicing, okay? He was a Catholic, but pretty much after we got married in my church, the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. we just sort of dropped off from going to church. So it had been a long time since we'd been to church. I needed to preface that. But um, he looked over at me down in that bottom of that church, and he said, do you, do you feel that? And I said, uh, I kind of like shook my head, because we had been instructed, you don't talk when you're inside that church. And so I shook my head, yes, but I really didn't feel anything. So we get home from our vacation, and two days later, um, Pope John Paul II passed away, which, mm-hmm. of course, was on the TV and on the news, and with lots of springboards of discussion between us. And I decided that after a little bit of inquiry to um, join RCIA, and when our pastor then found out about us as a couple, he grabbed my husband and got him in confession, and we were married then in the Catholic Church within the first month of attending, and then I was confirmed at the Easter Vigil in 2006, and we are just on fire for the Lord and for the Catholic Church. We love it so much. You know, providentially, your scenario is very similar to Michael, our previous caller, his sister's situation. Uh, One is a Catholic from birth, one is not a Catholic. It's the reverse from you and your husband as far as the two genders go. But there's nothing barring them from coming back into the Catholic Church. Him as a convert, just as you converted, and her as a revert, just as your husband did. So it's a great call, God's providence, getting your call, uh, Andrea, right after Michael calling, uh, concerned about his sister who's left the faith and is will soon be marrying in the Baptist Church. but uh, And you said you married in the Episcopal Church, is that correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so praise God, and what a great witness. You know, I've been to Assisi myself one time uh, on a trip to Italy back in 1991, and it is a truly, truly beautiful, beautiful place, a very, very spiritual place. And so thank you so much for your, your call, and thank you for your listenership to Open Line Tuesday. We greatly appreciate it here. God bless you, Andrew. We appreciate the call. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. It's a free phone call anywhere in North America. Stephen is in the Republic of Texas. He's listening on Guadalupe Radio. Stephen, you're on with Father Wade. Hello, Father Wade. Hello, Stephen. Thank you for your call from Texas. Thank you for your call from Texas today. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I just wanted to tell you that I was a lifelong Baptist and and uh, evangelical, and I uh, was a case manager. I lived in San Diego for 40 years, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I took my car into the shop, and they disconnected the battery, and I was getting my radio stations all put together, and I found Immaculate Heart Radio, and I thought, oh, I'll click it in. Beautiful. Later that afternoon, I put it on, and guess who was giving his testimony? Scott Hahn. Wonderful. Wonderful. And uh, I never turned the channel, and I read about 20-plus books, and, you know, finally decided, you know, that it was true, 
It was the true faith, and I was 61 years old. I came into the Easter vigil, and that was eight years ago. Wow, congratulations. You know, there's no greater uh, peace or love, you know, and then falling in love with the Blessed Mother, you know, has been probably one of the greatest experiences. Well, beautiful. And you make mention, too, of of EW10 Television having a role in that conversion process. Is that correct, along with Catholic Radio at Immaculate Heart? Well, not really. Uh, I was on the road all the time, and then, uh, uh, you know, I I traveled about 35,000 miles around San Diego County, seeing clients of mine, and uh, I didn't have much TV time. Okay, okay. I, I guess you met, you must have met EW10 and Catholic Radio is what you meant. Great. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for your call from Texas. Great uh, conversion story these last eight years now, a Catholic. Thank you so much for witnessing. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. 833-288-3986. It's EWTN's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We've still got time for your conversion stories. Give us a call at 833-288-EWTN. We want to hear about your conversion or reversion to the faith. Or if you just have a question about faith, family, and fellowship, we'll take those calls as well, so we're not asking you to stay away. Uh, 833-288-3986. Bob is in New Orleans, Louisiana, listening to the Almighty's 690. Bob, you are on with Father Wade. Hey, Father Wade. How you doing? Doing great, Bob. Thanks for your call from New Orleans today. We appreciate it. Good. Well, uh, I uh, I was uh, 50, uh, 55 years old. <clears throat> been a Jew my whole life, married a Catholic, and uh, we had two daughters, raised them Catholic. I ended up going to a uh, to a retreat, a Jesuit retreat. Um, never missed synagogue. Always went to High Holy Days, <clears throat> and um, just wasn't feeling God's presence there anymore. So uh, went to the retreat. I was. Uh, Heading there, my wife said, uh, were you going to pray the rosary? Are you going to go to confession? Are you going to do the stations of the cross? I said, you don't understand. I'm going to spend time with my God. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up going there, and, and, and the, um, <clears throat> the priest that led, led the retreat, he said, um, you know, the way, the way we should pray is to uh, talk to God like he's a friend and uh, try to put yourself in the Scripture. So so I walked out to the levee the next morning and uh, took a walk, and I said, all right, Jesus, here I am, and I've got a lot of questions for you. Well, when I went back to my room, um, opened the Bible, and um, the first thing that I read was the answer to my question. And it was like, God, what a coincidence. This is pretty neat, you know? So um did the same thing the next two days. By that time, um, I know now it was the Holy Spirit that uh, <clears throat> came down on me, and mm. and my life has been uh, immensely, immensely changed since then. My first two grandsons were named uh, Isaac and Jacob, and um, it's been it's been incredible. It's been absolutely incredible. So, um, 
You know, are God you familiar- is great. God is Amen. Amen. Have, are you familiar with the life of St. Edith Stein, the Catholic convert from Judaism who was also a Carmelite nun who died at Auschwitz during World War II? Uh, I, I remember hearing something about her, yes. Her, her yes. name and religion was St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. She's one of my girlfriends in heaven, I'd like to affectionately say. I love her dearly. I love her writings. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from St. Edith Stein, St. Teresa Benedict, is this, Bob. She says, quote, Catholicism is the sole legitimate heir of Judaism. Catholicism is the sole legitimate heir of Judaism. And of course, as, as Catholics, we believe that the Church has the fullness of truth. She's known by her four marks, one holy Catholic and apostolic. She has the Articles of Faith and the Creed, which professes some 40-plus truths of the faith. Um, if you get a chance, uh, look at the life of St. Edith Stein. Uh, did, did the Catholic Mass, the sacred liturgy, have a lot to do, uh, or did it play a role in any, in any major way in your conversion, knowing about uh, the Jewish ritual as well? Um, not really. You know, I mean, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm stud, I'm reading a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Sarah Club. I'm, I'm, I'm Eucharistic minister. I'm a lector. I mean, you name it, I'm doing it. Um, you know, my friends used to, all of my friends are Catholic and, and they never really, I, I guess indirectly, you know, they had, had an input in this, but, um, I would tell them all, I would say, you know, you know, Jews, we just believe that, you know, Jesus wasn't the Savior, because when the Savior comes, you know, it's going to be heaven on earth, and everything's going to be nice, you know, but, um, you know, reading the Bible and understanding more of the faith, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Savior is, is, becomes us, you know, because it's the way we live our lives, the way we treat others, the way we love others, that's how we're going to get heaven on earth. It isn't going to be just a magical thing that that happens when we don't have to do anything. It just happens, right. you know. And that's the that's the biggest difference, you know that 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 I've seen. But um, when I you get a chance, um, when you get a chance, Bob, you might want to also take a look at at Dr. Scott Hahn's book, um, "The Lamb's Supper: The Masses, Heaven on Earth." He talks a lot about the Jewish roots of the sacred liturgy in the Catholic Church, the celebration of the Eucharist. That's something that might also feed your faith as you continue this journey uh, that you're on in, in discovering more and more about the Catholic faith and becoming more and more involved in the Catholic faith. Now that you are a Catholic, and then also the life of Edith Stein, even if even if it's just some some just some cursory aspects of her life and and what involved her conversion. She was a very uh, intellectual individual, and uh, she saw the reasonability of the, the, the New Covenant dispensation fulfilled in the Catholic faith, fulfilled in the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. That's what led her ultimately to convert. That, and also reading the uh, autobiography of St. Teresa of Avila, uh, uh, one of the great doctors of the Church, who, who was a Carmelite nun herself, and also uh, the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas, the great scholastic philosopher who harmonized uh, philosophy with the Church's theology, again, as something very reasonable, the Church's reasonability of faith, or the, the faith as something very reasonable. Uh, so, uh, so those are just some things that I'd like to offer to you to, to make that faith even stronger. Uh, great witness call, thank you. And, and also, I want to let you know that on April 30th of this year, uh, as of right now, it hasn't been canceled anyway uh, because of COVID, but as on April 30th uh, in the Diocese of Lafayette, Louisiana, I'll be speaking to the men's conference there at St. Pius the Catholic Church. 
um, in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's the, the Diocesan Men's Conference. So that's something you might want to take a look at for April 30th on your calendar. So thank you so much for uh, your call. We greatly appreciate it. It's, it's what I like to call a, a great uh, witness call, Bob, um, sharing the faith and how you converted to the faith. Thank you so much. Still a couple of lines open for you at 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Next up is Keith in the great state of Illinois, listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Keith, you are on with Father Wade. Hi, Father Wade. How are you? Doing great, Keith. Thank you for your call from Illinois today. We really appreciate it. Well, um, this this is uh, along the similar lines. Actually, I was a convert, and then I was a revert, and I am two way, two years, God willing, uh, away from being ordained as a deacon. Great. Congratulations. So it's, it's, been, it's been quite a journey. So you're in the diaconate um, formation program for your diocese. I am. I'm, I'm in the, uh, I will be installed as a candidate soon. So Wonderful. Congratulations. I've yeah, thank you. And, and, and what God faith, willing, of course. He, he calls you said us you were, all. Yes, you, you said you were a convert and then a revert. So once you converted to the faith, you, you left for a little bit of time or some amount of time, and then you came back after that. Yes, I did, Father. So um, I converted. I met a young lady who was cradle Catholic. Uh, we had a child, and um, I decided at that point that we needed to raise our child in some faith. I didn't know which faith. Um, because I had been raised Baptist, and um, I decided to convert. So I went through my RCIA classes. I had a wonderful deacon who walked me through the entire process, taught me a lot. Very interested in the faith, um, and I love history. Uh, my minor in college was history, so I found it uh, fascinating. So um, I'm not sure that I had a, a lot of uh, inner depth and spirituality at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, a few years later, uh, we divorced, and uh, I insisted on keeping my my child in the faith in the in the school system. So we did, and and a few years later, I met a lady there who had a daughter that was in the same school. Um, we fell in love. God brought us together. We fell in love. We married, and at that point, um, not being real well versed in the faith. Um, our priest said, well, I, I can't marry you. And, uh, I said, why? And he said, well, you, you need to do a nullification on your, uh, marriage. And so he went through and explained everything to us. And at that point, um, he also said the one thing that probably struck me to the core of the worst was that I wouldn't be allowed to take the blessed sacrament, mm-hmm. uh, take communion. And, uh, that was the one thing that had probably converted me the most um, I understood that. Like Scott Hahn, I understood that the best. That was something I, I visibly could take. And once it was inside me, that our Lord was inside me, it was, it was such a, a gift. Uh, I didn't understand it all, but I knew I could feel it, sense it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that broke my heart. I, I just didn't know what to think. I was angry. I was very angry at God. And, uh, I was spending time in the Adoration Chapel and, and doing all the paperwork needed and the questionnaires for all the uh, paper of anility. So anyway, through that process, and one morning, I, I of course, my human frailty, I, I went in, and I was angry, and I said, you need to show me a reason that I need to stay Catholic or I'm walking away. 
walking away from the faith. And uh, that afternoon on the radio, it was announced that um, that uh, we had a, a new pope, new Pope Benedict XVI. Mm-hmm. And he was born on April 16th of uh, 1927, at about 4 o'clock or so in the morning. And it just happened to be that I was born on April 16th of 1967, about 4 o'clock in the morning. I was thinking, and, I know where uh, this is going, uh, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, 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 you sure do, because you can feel the chills up your spine, right, Father? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so I called my wife, and I was in tears, and I said, you know, I just got the first of, uh, well, now I realize it's a, the first of many signs, um, but that was my first real sign, and that was my reversion. Um, that day was my reversion. I said, you obviously want me to stay Catholic. I'm going to stay Catholic, and I need to learn to be Catholic. I need mm-hmm. to learn that your will, not my will, and through the process of all those years, um, you know, he led me about a year before COVID, um, led me into the diaconate program. And, you know, I fought it. I, once again, it wasn't on my radar. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Right, you know, I right. wanted to retire quietly and, and, and do what I wanted. And um, he just kept saying, no, no, you're, you're going to do what I want you to do. And, uh, it became, it took about a year and a half of discernment and, uh, you know, it became very clear and it becomes more clear every day. Great. And that's a good thing that it can take some time for the discernment. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, something that the permanent uh, deacons have, uh, in, in, uh, in close relation with those of us who pursue the priesthood is, is everyone's story is different. And everyone comes from a different background, and uh, how they receive the calling to the permanent diaconate and or to the priesthood uh, is is uh, is is different, and uh, and your story as well proves that. So thank you so much. We really appreciate that, and God bless your you and your wife as you uh, continue on this journey in the permanent diaconate together. Are the wives a part of of the program to any certain extent in that particular diocese? Very much so. They yes. are very hands-on. They are encouraged yes. to be at almost all classes. Um, yes. There's a few that, uh, you know, the spirituality, homiletics, canon law that, you know, that, that sure. they don't attend. But other than that, absolutely, yes, um, because they it, are there 100%. Yeah, because you want your yeah. wife's support in the ministry, and that's an important thing. And I have a I have a natural blood brother, uh, my second eldest brother, who's a permanent deacon, and his wife was a big part of his formation and his uh, program out in California with the diocese out there. Keith, thank you so much for a great call and a great witness about your your conversion and reversion back to the faith, and now studying to be a permanent deacon. Praise God. God bless you. We appreciate that phone call, Keith. Has 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 your brother ever served at the altar at a mass you were celebrating? Oh, many times, many times, including here at the Fathers of Mercy in our beautiful Chapel of Divine Mercy, and it's just a, a joy to have him with me when he when that's able to happen. Would that have been a wild notion in the younger days of the Menezes brothers? No, not at all, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so God, God's ways are not our ways, Jack. <laughs> we'll leave it there. <laughs> Next up is Veronica in Missouri Valley, Iowa, listening on Spirit Catholic Radio. Veronica, you're on with Father Wade. Hi, Father. Um, hi, Veronica. I wanted to share. Hi, 
I wanted to share the story of my dad's conversion. Um, Beautiful. My dad was in world. My dad was in World War II, and he was on a battleship. And one of his uh, fellow sailors, who I never got to know, um, my dad told me was the reason, the, uh, the example that led him to become Catholic. Mm-hmm. And uh, their battleship was bombed, and my dad was totally paralyzed and was flown into New York City, where he then was uh, rehabbed and actually was able to walk and talk and do all those things again. Um, and at that point, then, he went down to the church. Um, the, uh, uh, the priest, who was the chaplain for the firefighters, mm. um, um, who died in the uh, Twin Towers bombing, yes. it was that church where okay. my dad was then baptized and confirmed. And uh, my uh, my dad passed away then about 20 years after the war was over. Um, but anyway, uh, he uh, was very strong in his faith. He married my mother, who was a revert. He uh, came back to the Catholic Church, and uh, they raised me as a Catholic, and I forever bless them and thank them that they uh, were uh, such a good influence. Uh, my dad kept my faith alive and insisted that I, you know, practice the Catholic faith, mm. and um, just uh, was a great influence on me and Beautiful. helped me then to make it through my life and raise my child. And she's a strong Catholic. So, you know, all because of this one sailor who influenced my dad, who then, through the grace of God, stayed in the faith. Amen. And and this during an injury, while recovering from the injury, converted to the faith or was introduced to the faith and ended up leading to his full conversion. And through that... uh, even brought your your mom back to to practicing her faith of baptism as a revert. Your dad a convert. Your mom a revert, and and raising you. And as you said, your dad made sure that that you were raised strong in the faith. It sounds like a father. Your father was one who was indeed serious about the masculine genius as a husband and father of being the provider, the protector, the defender of his bride, his wife, and his children, and wanting them to pursue truth and the fullness of truth. Uh, the good, the true, and the beautiful, especially through faith. And it sounds like he did that with you as his daughter and, and also with your mom as, as his wife. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. See how God can take a, a negative in our life, like recovering from an injury. Same thing happened with St. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola. It was when he was recovering from a leg injury as a soldier that he began to read the lives of the saints, when he was more accustomed to reading the lives of, of knights and heraldry and, and kings and so forth. But those kinds of books weren't around in the 16th century when he was recovering from his leg injuries, a soldier from, from the battlefield. All that was a- around the Catholic hospital that he was recovering in was um, uh, Lives of the Saints. And, and he realized something here, that when he read the Lives of the Saints, he was filled with great awe and, uh, and, and wonder about the Lives of the Saints, and it never wavered. But when he read about the knights and the heraldry and the kings, he was also filled with awe, but that awe eventually wavered. But with the lives of the saints reading, it didn't waver. And he says, there must be something here about the truth that the saints pursued. 
and uh, ended up founding the Jesuits, and uh, just a great, a great reversion story himself, St. Ignatius of Loyola, one of the great founders of the church. Veronica, thank you so much. Your name means true image from Vera, true uh, icon, true icon. Uh, we, we know about Veronica on the Stations of the Cross, who wiped the face of, of Jesus on the Via Della Rosa with her veil. Uh, true image, Veronica, thank you so much for being a true image of a, of a great Catholic and sharing your story with us today about your father. God bless you. Let me give you a personal invitation to check out the Sunrise Morning Show tomorrow. Join Anna Mitchell and Matt Swaim at 6 a.m. Eastern Time, the Sunrise Morning Show right here on EWTN Radio. Next up is Lee in Temple, Texas, listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Lee, you are on with Father Wade. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, Lee. Thank you. Uh, I'm kind of a, a revert with a conversion also, I guess, that's been said, but I was away from the Church for 48 years. Wow. Uh, I was born born cradle Catholic. I was born and made cradle Catholic, uh, went to Catholic grade schools, all-boy Catholic high schools, served as uh, altar server, and then in 1967... Uh, for very odd reasons, left the church and never looked back. And it stayed that way for the longest time. Mm. Uh, spent 25 years in the military, uh, was, uh, went to Vietnam in the, in the late 60s, early 70s, uh, and just didn't even think about religion until December of 2014, and I had a rather severe accident. Uh, I had a tremendous fall that uh, completely destroyed one vertebrae. And I've got rods and pins. Uh, spent two weeks in the hospital, of which 10 days was pretty much unconscious. Uh, and it was during that time that, although they say it was probably a drug-induced thing, I don't know why it would come up, but I swore that I thought I had passed away and was having a conversation with St. Michael mm. and talking about my life and what I had done with my life. And was I, you know, had I, you know, I asked whether I had was died and this was part of my judgment. And eventually afterwards I, I made a comment such that if, if I come out of this, then I'm, I make a decision to go back to the church. And sure enough, I came out and several months later, I went back to the church. Uh, and I've been married now. We're getting ready to have our 53rd anniversary, but my wife and my uh, daughter and granddaughter had never even been baptized. Uh, at least I was baptized. And after me being back in the church and seeing the fervor that I was putting into it, after about 18 months, they made the decision that they wanted to become Catholic and went through RCIA and RCIC. Uh, and became Catholic uh, on Easter of 2017. Mm, so wow. uh, it's one of those stories that you don't know what the what's going to cause it, but in my case, it happened to be an accident. Sure, sure. Again, a negative in our life can turn out to be a great good and bring great good back into our life. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very true thing that, that happens a lot. 
Uh, thank you so much for a, a great call, and, and God bless your relatives who have converted to the faith as well. Lee, we really appreciate your giving witness to them, and I like to say that virtue breeds, huh? Virtue breeds, and uh, when we love the faith, and, and faith is a virtue, it's one of the three theological virtues along with, with uh, hope and charity, uh, we can see its benefits in, in going outside of our own lives and affecting the lives of others. Lee, thank you so much for your, your call. We really appreciate it. Uh, Walt is near Philadelphia, Pennsylvania today, listening at EWTN.com. Walt, welcome to the program. You're on with Father Wade. Well, thank you. Uh, Father, you had asked for some uh, reversion stories. Well, in, uh, I guess, the early 1980s, um, first of all, I grew up in a Catholic home, but tempted by the world, and, uh, you know, I thought it was impossible to be holy. Of course, you're supposed to help people out and that sort of thing, but personal holiness was not, I thought was impossible. Anyway, hmm. still working on that. Um, but uh, uh, my, my both my parents uh, were involved in trying to stop uh, abortion. And I just, I don't know what it was, but something made me inspired to try to get involved as well, but mostly on a civil rights basis. And um, I would tell people, well, you know, I'm, I'm against abortion, but I don't think contraception is such a bad thing. And they would all tell me, well, you know what, you should read Humana Vitae, because everything Paul VI predicted in it has come true. So eventually yes. I finally did read Humana Vitae. And mine not, a long, not a long document either. Not a long document, is it? No, either? it's only 60-some pages or what have you. Right. But anyway, um, so I, I read it, and I said, yep, church is right, I'm wrong, got to take another look at this Catholic thing. So I, I did, thanks be to God. And I grew up in the Diocese of Wilmington, and there is a... Um, retired priest that had um, apologetics courses. He was letting, you know, having a bunch of young people come and learn about the Catholic faith because, you know, catechesis wasn't the strong suit in the 1970s, 80s, what have you. So anyhow, uh, it was a blessing to have him teaching us that, and then uh, I suggested to go to um, daily Holy Communion because when you're involved in trying to stop... uh, Abortion, you're uh, involved in trying to stop the diabolical. That's exactly right. the diabolical will attack. And we need those helps. Yep. Right. And um, so, uh, by the grace of God, persevered, married, uh, met my wife through the pro-life movement. We married in 1990. We have seven children, one of which was miscarried. The rest of them are still with us, uh, ranging from 26 to 16. Well, praise God, Walt. And near Philadelphia, the great uh, birth city of this great nation of ours, uh, converted through the reading uh, of Humanae Vitae, a very prophetic document by now St. Pope Paul VI. Uh, truly, truly has come to pass everything he predicted in Humanae Vitae and uh, concerning human life. Uh, thank you so much, Walt, for a great, great witness call. We appreciate it. If you'd like to learn more about the Fathers of Mercy, simply log on to fathersofmercy.com. Father Wade, would you leave us with a blessing? I certainly will, Jack. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Open Line Tuesday listeners and remain with each and every one of you this day and always, St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us on behalf of our host, Father Wade Menezes, our producer, Michael McCall, our call screener, Matt Gubensky, and our social media maven, Mr. Jeff Burson. I'm Jack Williams. Thanks so much for tuning in to Open Line Tuesday. Back at it tomorrow. Fasten your seatbelts. Father Mitch is in the house. Until then, God bless.